Tonight's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. That has been our presenting sponsor. One quarter mile at a time ever since we've been running this race. Well, you'll understand what all this means when we have Adam Crowell on. But right now, find the best tickets for hockey, basketball, baseball, opera, Hamilton, music, you name it. I have SeatGeek on my phone. It is the easiest way by far to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. You can buy and sell tickets in two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Try it out. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by two new Ringer podcasts, including a brand new one that launches on Thursday, May 11th, Larry Wilmore's Black on the Air. That's right. Larry Wilmore has joined the Ringer Podcast Network. Our friend, he is going to interview people. I think it's going to be every week, but he is going to interview people from sports, pop culture, politics, hard news, you name it. Larry Wilmore, talented dude, so happy to have him aboard. Subscribe to his podcast right now on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. And don't forget Cousin Sal, our good friend and a longtime staple of the BS Podcast and BS Report. He has his own podcast. It's called Against All Odds. And it did great last week. It was in the uh, top five on iTunes for a while. Uh, A lot of people listened. They handed out some winners. It is a gambling podcast. You can subscribe to it right now. Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And coming up right now, Adam Carolla, my second podcast guest ever. We're going to talk about that on this podcast. We taped it on Friday. Um, If you don't like 80s movies, you don't like Castaway, and you don't like Fast and Furious, I don't know if this is the podcast for you. My guess is that you like at least one of those things or you wouldn't be listening. Adam Carolla coming up right now, a podcast Hall of Famer, in the BS Empire. Here he is. We're taping this on a Friday afternoon, first week of May, which is a shame because we could have talked about the uh, Chavez versus Canelo fight. So. If anything crazy happened in that fight, we are not going to talk about it because we're taping it before then. But the heavyweight champion of the world, Adam Carolla, is here. Thank you. It's been a while. Mexican fight fans are the greatest because they love fighting so much. They love it the most. And they have this great bravado, which is, hey, he's a Mexican-style fighter, meaning he's the guy who's losing... And, like if it was if you're a Mexican style bar fighter, you'd just be in a coma your entire life. Like oh, he's really taking a beating. He got back up again, <laughs> and then you'd work you know the body a little. Like that Philly is the same thing. Yeah, he's a, he's Philly, a, fighter. He's a Philly fighter. He's he swinging. He'll trade punches with you. Right. I'd ra- rather be a Floyd Money Mayweather fighter where you just hammer checks but don't get hammered in the right. head. You have most of your brain cells left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a couple things we have not done a podcast together on this i've done yours but you haven't done mine since i've had the new one yeah you were my second guest ever that's right it is may 8th which i think is we i think the day we might even be posting this is the 10 year anniversary of my first podcast god and then five days later you came over and we didn't even have the technology yet to to have two people on the same machine and you had to call in and wander around my backyard as we did a podcast. And I could watch you wandering around like a crazy person. I can, now, 10 years later, here we are. 
I can uh, remember as if it was yesterday. A long driveway. Yeah. Little My sort first of house. converted garage yeah. in the back. Illegally converted. Uh, uh, all conversions. No Not are, one the, permit Every to be time seen. there's a conversion, it's illegal, even if yeah. it's a van conversion. Nobody's ever gotten a per Anyone who's ever turned a garage into a guest house in Southern California has not had a permit for that. I grew up sleeping in a garage that was converted and it wasn't even, it was converted. It still had the hinges and springs on the door. They just sort of bolted Ooh. the door shut mm, and I slept safe. out there. So yeah, it was, it was perfect. Well, now you're, we should mention your show on Spike. Yeah. You finally figured out a way to do construction, be filmed for it, have Ray, your your buddy from way back yeah. when, somehow get paid and to be filmed and to have that on television, you figured this out. It took how many years? Almost fifty. Well, it, it's funny because it's like this new 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 era we're living in, which is like Phil Rosenthal has a show called "I'll Have What Phil's Having" because yeah. Phil likes traveling, he likes eating. And in the old world order, if you like traveling and eating, you just do it on your dime. Yeah. That's what you did during your vacation. You go to Tuscany during your vacation, but the but Universal Studios is not paying for it. <laughs> right. you know? We now, you know who the master of this is? Doug Benson. Doug he just Benson, gets high. <laughs> he started, he's like, what do I like doing? Well, I like getting high and I like not working. All right, so his first show was called The Benson Interruption, which I've done. I've done all his shows. And yeah. it's like, how's that work? We go out to Largo. You come out and sweat your ass off doing a 20-minute comedy set. I sit on a Barca lounger off to the right and make comments about it. <laughs> Hi. Right. But that wasn't good enough. His new one then became getting high, getting dug with high, and that's where you come to him his place in Culver City and watch him rip bong loads while you do comedy. Yeah, he's going to do a show. His next show is going to be called "Watch Doug Benson Take a Nap." Later, maybe he'll masturbate, <laughs> and we're just going to put the whole thing up on on YouTube. It's going to be like it, it's a it's it's diabolical. I watch Doug Benson take a nap and then masturbate would be my least favorite show, but it, it will be his next show. Mark my words. Netflix just bought it. He started with like, all right, you do your set and I'll hang out and sit on a folding chair and comment on yeah. it. That went into I'm just going to smoke weed and we can talk about it. Now it's him getting high and and sitting in a in a robe with a gavel in his hand, but it will digress to this one day. So he's smarter than all of us. One of the emails I get the most is you and Corolla never did a fast seven pod. Oh yeah. Because we, we did it. fast four for my old podcast. We did four, five, and six, which we broke down the correct way, the way it should be broken down. So right. later in this podcast, we're going to cover seven and eight. Sure. But I know you're watching other stuff. I just rented Sleepless on mm -hmm. Friday night with Jamie Foxx. Mm -hmm. Familiar with this one? No, but yeah, I know what I'm familiar with it, but I did not uh, see it. Mortal Lock, you like this movie? Jamie really? Foxx is, is a cop in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. He is a dirty cop. He's a cop on the edge? He's a cop on the edge. He's, he's losing control a bit. He Rob doesn't go by the book. He goes by a pamphlet. It's a faster read. Well, you don't know. Is, is he dirty? Is he not dirty? Is he being dirty because he's trying to infiltrate the dirty cops? Or is he just dirty? The bad guys don't like it. They take his son. Oh, He's got to get his son back. Oh, he's got to go yeah. into a casino, take the dope that he stole, give it to the people he stole it from to get his son back. And you're not going to believe it. But, uh, but, but craziness ensues. 
can we talk about one? There's one theme about all the cops on the edge. Like, yeah, you see him, and it, it, it. I think it pisses off every other middle-aged dude. The morning, so it's like lights up on the dimly lit apartment with the sun coming through the tattered curtains. As he gets out of bed, a pizza box falls off Liquor the top bottle. of the bed. He takes a hit off a liquor bottle yeah. just to get his day started. Yeah. Then grabs a handful of uh, Percocet, throws it in his mouth, takes another shot off the liquor it's bottle. It's Jack Cates in 48 hours. Yeah. It's the recipe for ba- 35 basically years. Basically looks at what's the remaining, what's left from the pizza, a couple of tattered pieces of crust, takes a bite off that, gets out of bed, and is completely jacked. Like ripped, <laughs> six-pack, big traps hanging out, veins striated. Yeah. It's like, hold on. Now, wait a minute. I, I'm i with you on the part where he's tattered and Percocets and, and, Percocets and sucking, sucking right off a flask to get himself started in the morning. I'm not down with the part where he looks like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Right. I, but they always do. If Stallone plays that part, if Will Smith plays that part, they always look amazing. It's never and it convincing. Drives me nuts. When it's Stallone, it's never convincing. Stallone and Cruz are two people that you can just never buy the Percocets with the whiskey right. swig at 10 in the morning. Right. But there's been a lot. It would be an interesting YouTube montage. Yes, it's like how many movies have started with that scene, and well, it's like the sun's yeah, I, coming in. Let me tell you, a guy who does live that life, Artie Lang. Have you right. seen what he looks like with his shirt off? <laughs> right, he looks like he's a hundred years old. <laughs> right, that's what you look like when you take drugs and drink and eat pizza all night and pass out. That's, yeah. and never go to the gym. There's never there's never a scene in the movie where the guy's going to the twenty four hour fitness. Right, he never works out. He he's wears going to Equinox. Yeah. <laughs> He's just in amazing shape all the time. And it sends a weird message to all the young men out there. Who do you think we're we've been watching all the ser- t- same terrible movies for 40 years. Who do you think was the first cop that became the recipe for this? Well, I feel like it might have been Jack Cates in 48 hours. I don't know if anybody was earlier than that. The so uh, that was 1982. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, but, but he was, wasn't. Clint Eastwood was never rolling out of bed, having right. Percocets and getting drunk. Right. Bronson, like the guys we grew up with were always these didn't say that much kind of cops. Like Bronson, right. Eastwood, they Steve right. McQueen. Right. Yeah. They, they it go- wasn't until the 80s that it, maybe it was like Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon, that popularized it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Mel Gibson was another like, yeah, phenomenal shape guy for a guy who just had a problem. And again, yeah. they're living off of carbs, but they have the six pack abs. It's a weird message a to weird send message. to the youth of America. Well, when Stallone finally said, I want in in 86 with Cobra, <sighs> he's just like, I want in. I, been, I need to do a cop movie. I did it the first time where I had the beard. What was that movie with Rucker Hauer? Nighthawks. Uh, Nighthawks. I've been Nighthawks, watching, I want to redo. I've been watching the shit out of Cobra. Yeah. I'm really on a Cobra roll. There are so many great things about that forgotten classic. First and, off, and there's scary. that great that great scene, you know, like eight minutes in, uh, 12 minutes into act one where we discover why he's called Cobra. The best part of any cop movie. <laughs> Cobretti, my office now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great he always has to have the love interest or the partner has to call him by his sort of pussified real god christian name marion yeah yeah yeah, that's always a but that's always good for some awkward comedy in there 
There is the car. They always have to have some car that is allegedly beat it up, beat got, up, but really it's like a well, hundred twenty thousand dollar car. There's there's a couple things that are always funny about these guys in their cars. In Act One, he's driving by the way a chopped, slammed, uh, French headlight, completely done, uh, fifty Mercury. Right, and and that's you would his, take this to a car show. It's his pride and joy is this fifty Merc he's driving. Except for somewhere in the middle act two, he's driving next to the bad guys, and he's just turning the wheel and mashing <laughs> into them, and sparks are flying out, and he's mashing into them again. Like it's not something you'd even do if you leased a car, yeah. much less your pride and joy. But the movie's great. It's it starts with a maniac who's just taken over a supermarket and the SWAT team is on the roof and they've they've surrounded the joint and somebody goes, call Cobretti. Yeah. And they do that great 80s movie thing where you see the 50 Merc pull up, you see the door open, that low shot, and the boots just get out of the car. For some reason, seeing the boots, like it wouldn't work with Crocs. No. You know what I mean? Like or a guy was wearing cargo shorts with Crocs and no socks. It would be weird. It just wouldn't look. But maybe he was gardening yeah. at that moment and he would be wearing Crocs. But the boots come out of the car and there's Cobretti. And he's like, what's the problem? And like, we got a maniac in there. He's got hostages. He's like, all right. And he just walks in the front door, which is a, weird because you have, they have the SWAT team No fear there. at all. Yeah. There's no plan at all. No boat profess. He never takes his sunglasses off. He's wearing... The sunglasses. He's like Jay-Z in a Clipper game. Yeah, yeah. Except for he's in a dimly lit Albertsons. (laughs) I don't know how you can find this guy. And then they do a lot of, a a lot of great, by the way, the greatest part. Wait, wait, hold on. Sorry. You didn't didn't really dive into the whole part where there's hostages at a grocery store. There's, this guy's a maniac. So he's just, but I never understood that part. Like, why the grocery store? There... What kind of money movies. is at the Albertsons in South Central? No, but this was evil to be evil, right. not not for profit. This was the this was the extension of like the last couple Death Wish movies. Yeah, just eighties maniac. Just he's maniac. A, he's, a, he's very violent, rapey. Yeah, he's he, right. A lot of like axes and stuff yeah. for no reason. Torturing your victims. Right, yeah. right. That's what this guy was. Yeah, but I don't know why he's he's we taking we'll over Albertsons. But in comes Cobretti. The best part about any 80s movie that involves a a supermarket and a hostage situation is they just use a regular supermarket and they're going up and down the aisle and you get to go, Jesus, Cheez-Its, 89 cents? And that's a huge box. That's a big box of Cheez-Its. How much for Chex Mix? Oh, oh. And you like pause it and go, 69 cents for a big box of Chex Mix. It's like, it's awesome. Two liters of Sprite, buck 21, you know, like you're going, wow, this stuff was really cheap. It's like seeing the gas prices in like a 70s movie when it's like 44 cents or something in 1972. And you're like, whoa. I love when they, whenever there's an LA movie from this late 70s, early 80s, when they'll be on like Sunset or Santa Monica and there's no no buildings up yet. Yes. You're like, whoa, the skyline. Yeah, there's a fun version of all this. There's one you can play called God, that chick's teeth were yellow. Like before, oh, all the yeah, actresses had HD. their teeth whitened yeah, and everything. There's a lot of yellow Nobody teeth. whitened their teeth. Yeah. I mean, if you turn on like Fox News now, those chicks' teeth are like it's like sunlight Super coming yeah, from from beautiful. their face. And Pearly. you see movies from like the sixties and seventies. They didn't 
They didn't do it. No, All they right. had like film over the teeth almost. They, they didn't looked, know. Yeah, they had, they, well, they, they all the smoked. They drank yeah. black coffee and then they yeah. yelled, "All right, let's let's film." So they put their cigarette out and their cup of coffee down and start filming. The uh, so Cobretti, uh, there's uh, w- w- there, there's his wife uh, Brigitte. Brigitte, Brigitte they were Brigitte. dating. He started shoehorning her in his movies. Right. So always a red flag. Right. <laughs> so she's in there. She plays uh, the role of a model. So she really had to, you know, stretch and use her acting chops on this one. They have an insane '80s montage of her modeling in the middle of the movie, which is so tremendous. Is so incredibly. What's funny 80s. is that you didn't tell me you wanted to talk about Cobra. And no, I'm ready. It's not like I've been like, oh man, I wish I had researched this last night. It's like I'm 30 years ready for this. Yeah, I, no, it's it kind of fell between the cracks of a Stallone <laughs> not movies. Not for me, my not friend. Not for me either, but just for for society. Yeah. For yeah. society, I agree. I love the montage, but also there's a lot of good like just. He, well, she, but there, there was also an 80s plot with her. The reason she's in the movie. She's just driving home randomly. Everyone in L.A. back then, they're always driving home on the worst streets possible. Right. I, I mean, I've lived there for 15 years. I try to stay toward the streets where the other cars are, but in right. the 80s movies, they don't. They are, and she yeah. witnesses basically a murder. Right. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't And then they really, see her and they but somehow But she doesn't follow her. see anything. Yeah, she so just the, knows something the, bad It's happened. a bad premise because it's like, we have to take her out so she doesn't testify, although she doesn't know anything. But it leads to a really effective 10-minute horror movie section in this movie in the hospital when they're trying to kill her yeah it's it's actually good i like there's there's a there's an interesting thing that movies do that i sort of liken to cops no cops and then patients and staff versus patients and no no patients no staff in the empty hospital so it's like in cop movies so what they'll do in movies is they'll have like a 25 minute shootout yeah and there'll be no cops and then at some point when they need the cops, like, oh, here come the cops. Sirens. And then they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. get out of there. Like even in like Pulp Fiction, they were just standing around that apartment firing guns and talking about uh, big kahuna burgers for like 20 minutes. Right. And there never was like, hey, somebody just took a 38 special and fired <laughs> nine shots, which probably, by the way, are in the neighboring apartment's son yeah. or in this crib. Like, we should stop talking about burgers and get the hell out of here because yeah, the popo's run. right down the street. Like, someone's, everyone in this apartment unit must have called the cops by right. now. We need, we need to leave. But this is a kind of cops, no cops, and they have it with hospitals. It's dark. There's nobody at the hospital. There's never anyone at the hospital. The maniac gets like a fire axe. Brigitte Nielsen is barricaded herself in the bathroom and he's just swinging at the door. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, smash. I'm going to kill you. This goes on for 20 minutes. Right. No sign of any staff or nurses it's a or seven cops story or authority. It's a, sorry, it's a huge building that's open 24 hours. It is very well lit. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point after the guy gets away, everyone piles out of the halls like, what happened? What's going on? It's like, <laughs> where were you 20 minutes ago when this guy had a fire axe? <laughs> so they were nowhere to be found. And then there's some boom. great, the, the other one, what's the one with Seagal when he's in a coma for a while and he's grows the beard and he oh. sees, I think it's out for justice. Mason oh, storm. Yeah. He sees the ad. I'm going to take you to the bank, the blood bank. Yeah. Whatever that movie is, but he's in the hospital, but he can't totally move yet. And Kelly LeBrock. The yes. bad guys come to get him, 
and she's maneuvering him through the hospital and there's like nobody there. It's during the day. You know, he I've pulled, never been to a hospital that didn't have like a thousand people in it. I, I know, and and wasn't and, and, and there's no mood lighting in a hospital. No. Need kind of no, it's light all the time. One of the first things you do when you lay out your hospital is like lay out the lighting. Yeah. People need to see they're putting uh syringes into people's veins here. Yeah. They need to see. Right. So oh, you know, uh Seagal did uh, probably the blow hardiest move you can do as a as a celebrity, which is sort of become American Indian at some point. Uh, because oh, that's when he made on Deadly Ground. Yeah, Tom Laughlin did that with Billy Jack at a certain point. Like Tom Laughlin's just a blue eyed guy from <laughs> Fresno, but at a certain point he became Comanche. Yeah, and he he lived it like he yeah. was that dude. And it's a super blowhardy move, but I I think Seagal did that too. Back to Cobra. Now later on, <laughs> it was this great scene. So. Stallone is sitting at his 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 super. They always have super cool digs. You know, he's in his. Venice. Oh, it's a great car and a great a great apartment. Yeah, he also does this move. He loves his car. He parks it right on the street in Venice. And there, eighties uh, things you don't see anymore from the eighties, which is generic lowrider dudes hanging around doing nothing just, just waiting for waiting so it's like the guy with the hairnet yeah. he's wearing the wife beater and he's like hey Bato, you got a problem man but the best part about all those movies is the little business they give the five guys yeah. before stallone pulls up like they're just hanging around doing nothing yeah. but I, in venice like I, they're not going to the beach they're not hanging they're not those people are just on the internet now yeah they're just they're just bullying people on the internet. they're just hanging around and then he pulls up and like you got a problem holmes you know and then he's got to do is how tough he is yeah kind of thing is because we're with that the 80s was sort of the height of scared of hispanic gangbanger guys like oh i wouldn't say right but, but Stallone rips the guy's shirt open and goes, you got a problem, Holmes? You know, and then he leaves his car and he goes up to his apartment and it's <laughs> right, like, they're not going to touch. The you car. don't mess w- with with a guy's um, you don't you don't take a guy's. And by the way, those guys would have, uh, you know, the nice long sleeve with the print on it there. You don't take a guy's shirt and rip it and then leave your 50 Merc and then go walk upstairs and not expect it to be keyed or the tires, you know, whatever. Yeah, they at least key it. He goes upstairs. He's eating pizza with scissors. That That's a bizarre Forgot scene. about that one. He's, he's keeps his leather gloves on. He keeps his sunglasses on. I think he keeps his matchstick in his mouth and he's using scissors to cut up pizza. Then... Later on, a whole bunch of guys show up to his apartment and he beats them all up, but they're all swinging machetes. Then later on, he has a chase through the streets of Long Beach with like eight guys in pickup trucks and like standing in the pickup trucks, firing Uzis at him and stuff. And then they go to the inside of the commissioner's office where the mayor and the DA and the commissioner and they're like, Cobretti, we don't buy your idea of more than one killer. We know it's a lone wolf and you got no proof to back up your theory. Yeah. And he's like, uh, how about the 26 car <laughs> chase that just went through downtown L.A.? Yeah. Hello. Or the 19 guys who showed up in my apartment with the axes like that would suggest more than one. Well, there's always dude. one cop that never believes in the hero and has to give right. him shit and grind him down. And- right. And, he, yeah. and that guy always gets punched at the end of the movie, which is what happens the, in Cobra. The punch at the end of the movie is yeah. great. Also, at Did the end of the movie... Out, who were the bad guys in this? What was going on? They it was were, like a cult? It was back... A violent cult? You, you didn't... It was back... Like Scientology, when, yes. but with weapons? You did not have to explain evil in the 80s. It was just, these guys are evil, 
and that's who they are. Because there's that one part when when it's like they're protecting Brigitte Nielsen right. in a remote location, which the bad guys always find the remote location in the 80s. Yeah, they're all there's in that an one empty cop, swimming pool. Yeah, the one female cop right. who... Turns out she's on the other side. She belongs to the cult. It's like, what? by the way, I I like the I like it when nobody really has a job either. Like, hey, yeah. this is Doris. Yeah, what do you do? I work at dispatch. Okay, I'm but I'm going up to Mount Pinos for two weeks. You're gonna stay in a cabin with these guys. Like, oh, excuse me, you're yeah. you don't even get you're to carry a gun, sweetheart. Right. You're low level. You don't yeah. get to just leave Doris the phone flipped. bank. Yeah, she was just like. Well, I'll just be going along too if you guys are going up to the. But she the didn't, movie's got so many holes, she and I still don't know who. When Stallone won in the end, what did he win? Uh, he got a free Harley. <laughs> he got Brigitte Nielsen on the back of the Harley True. that he commandeered. He got to punch out Mister Naysayer back then, who was wearing the McGruff yeah cro- a raincoat. He got to punch him out, or or the uh, uh, so he but punch that guy out. But there's something very interesting about the end of that movie. When he jumped, this guy, Cobra, is so committed to his reflective shades that he wore them in the Albertsons trying to catch the homicidal yeah. maniac with no lights on. He wore them inside his apartment. When he gets on the hog with Brigitte on the back, that's when no, he takes them up. no sunglasses <laughs> for that ride. Now he's just going to tool down the highway. Uh, Sun, noon, not a cloud in the yeah. sky. Very hard guy to figure out as far as the shades go with Him Capretti. And Al Pacino and Cruising are the two hardest to figure out <laughs> 80s cops. And <laughs> this movie had fire. There's that part yeah. where they would go to the abandoned warehouse, but at some point Huge abandoned warehouse they, fight. they flip a switch and all the conveyor belts start up and fire just starts yeah. shooting from everything. You know, guys, batting it. There's a great scene where there's more fire coming from the hall and... Uh, Cabretti's at the end of the hall and he just grabs this random knob and he turns it and a big, big, big plume of fire shoots out and ah, burns the guy. Remember they do the stuntman catch on fire move? I miss that. The batting average of guys in industrial situations who turn a valve and have the exact right thing happen to them is (laughs) 1,000% in movies. I feel like if I was at a warehouse and you were coming down the hall and I just started turning a random valve... I would catch on fire. Like, I don't think it hurt you. I would say it's the same batting average as the there's gas on the ground, flick the lighter, throw the lighter, and the lighter somehow doesn't go out oh, as it yeah. travels through the air, which I think, what was that, Fast Five? There, there was a great... That is the big plot no, there was a great, Yeah, five. there was the perfect, the perfect one for like the movies would be like pull the gas hose off the... Pull the gas hose off the kitchen range put the mic set the microwave for 55 seconds or whatever it is yeah. and then just walk like that was the greatest thing from the uh, fast four i think it was four when uh he turned the nas on he turned oh, yeah, the nas yeah. on the inside the lighter? car and then hit the cigarette lighter yeah. and then sat there casually for like 10 minutes talking <laughs> he knew exactly how long it was it's also be. when they have the timing like at a certain point when the guy takes the gun cocks it and like puts it to the guy's temple and goes uh, I'm going to see you in hell, Dom. And he'll go, 
I'm not so sure about that. It's Boom. like, how, how do you know you have it down to the second? Yeah. Because I'd be stalling for time. I'd it's be like, even let me I... give you a blowjob. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really blow him, but I'd like tell him that. And I'd say like, start preparing and this is going to be awesome. Oh, well, let me get my knee pads. Hold on. Uh, well, I'm not wearing my blowjob shoes. Like, hold on a second. I'd stall and then the car would blow up. But I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, or not if you get to hell first. You know, I mean, and the guy's just going to squeeze the trigger you know it's not even one of the 130 most improbable moments in no, the series but cobretti go back and watch cobra in that Tate's factory never seen cobra i bet there yeah. is fire shooting from like who would devise such a factory where just fire shot out from every wall See, everywhere you are not how many people are in your whole universe now in terms you, of well you're doing like six podcasts and you have a whole podcast network yeah, I, I have you, but it's mostly I, older people around you, right? I have no, no. I have I have the podcast guys that are the kids, the young guys. So all right, so those guys. Does then, it drive you crazy when you mention a movie and they haven't seen it? And yeah. it shouldn't because it's the equivalent of in the eighties if somebody said to us like, "Oh, you haven't seen so and so, and it's a movie that came out in nineteen fifty nine, we wouldn't have seen it." Yeah, no, I I know. I it, think like I have people who work for the Ringer. And I'll be like, yeah, you've seen The Good Son, right? Like, yeah. The Good Son, what's that? And I'm like, yeah. I've seen The Good Son, it only came out 20 years ago. Well, also part of it is just a sort of narcissism that we have, which is you should know what I like right. and you should get familiar with right. it now. God damn it. Yeah, you know I love Cabretti. Now you should go torture yourself with Cabretti. And they're like, but it. this is the same thing that a lot of people have with us, like our friend Kevin Hench. He's like, I'll go, you should definitely check out Cabretti. And he'll go, is it good? And I'll go, no, it's not good. And he'll go, well, then what do I want to watch it yeah, for? And it's like, oh, the same you thing. don't get it. You don't get it. You no. have the, the, the point, the part that it, where it's bad means you have to watch it. Right. Right. But the problem for us is that in the last 10, 12 years, people became so hip to the, it's, it's good because it's bad mm -hmm. that they try to make the movies bad, mm -hmm. but they're trying too hard. Yeah. Which is why we love Fast, the Fast Furious franchise so much. Yeah. One quick break to talk about audible.com. Do you love books, but you don't have time to read them? Well, audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen at the gym during commutes or even when you're watching basketball on mute. You know who loves Audible? The Simmons family. Oh, yeah. My wife and daughter use it on longer commutes or even when they're just going to and from school. They love it. Audible's free app works on iPhones, iPads, Android, Windows, Kindle Fire, over 500 MP3 players, and you own these books. You're not renting them. There's a great listen guarantee. If you don't like a book, no worries. Exchange it for another title. No questions asked. Why listen to sports radio and lousy music channels when you can just listen to books and get smarter? And if you're committing to a new workout regime, increase your reps while you free your mind. Look, you can't make more time you can make the most of it. Turn your commute into something more with a free trial at Audible. Go to audible.com slash BS today and start your free trial right now. That is audible.com slash BS. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I haven't what? told you this. Uh -oh. um, I went out. So it turns out the writer for who wrote all of them and is in charge of the entire franchise. Oh, Chris Morgan or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. A and is now in charge of all the monster movies that are coming back to Universal, like The Mummy and all that kind of stuff. The man has, you know, 
acreage on the lot. You can yeah. imagine how much money. It turns out he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And it turns out he's a neighbor of mine. Oh. And it turns out he's a big fan of mine. And we found ourselves sitting around having lunch. Um, a few uh, it was actually on the Saturday before the Oscars. He's the sweetest, nicest guy in the world. And I said to him, it was funny at a certain point. And it was funny because he was trying to pick my brain. I want to know about Loveline and the man show and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I want to know about, you know, what's going on. And it talked about Paul Walker and where yeah. that movie was at and how he had to get all the footage and scrape everything together from previous movies. Yeah. But his hair had to match. And it was like crazy, great, super sweet guy. Um, but at a certain point, I had a couple of drinks and I was like, I like bad movies. And I was like, I like, right. well, not your, I mean, not, they're not bad. I don't mean bad, like saying anything bad. I mean, like it's stupid, you know, lame. And yeah. they're going like, yeah, that's worse. Yeah. So I was saying like, I said to him, I like bad movies. And I was like, oh, but not, no, no, not, not, not fast. You know, not the fast movies. Those, those are good. But I said like me and Bill Simmons, we, we, I said, let me tell you how much we like bad movies. When the day the Marine came out with John Cena, we were sitting alone at the arc light at the like the one PM showing yeah. in an empty theater. It was so great. that so that's how much we like bad movies. And he's like, Yeah, that was my movie. And the Marine? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow, this is getting worse. Uh, it, it he was, had to know though. It was his premise and his script that like he gave to somebody or whatever. Oh, but that's hilarious. nicest guy in the world, but it that was uh, so, so I, lo I love it. I love, I love all this stuff. And, uh, I love, I'm looking at the poster of all the right moves and I love another, all the right another, moves. Uh, yeah. 80s all, with some plus. I, I, I can't get into it, but I will just say just one thing about all the right moves. Mm. The whole thing is it's, they build this premise and it's always kind of weird when they build a premise and it becomes sort of their whole movie, except for it doesn't work, which is they build this premise where he's like this overachieving guy and he has this coach that's, you know, uh, up his butt and and unfair and blah, blah, blah. But in practice, when the guy does the 10 yard out and he closes the window, he gets there too soon. And it's interference. And it's interference. So the coach, like, you know, goes, hey. Knock it off. Like, don't do that. You're going to get flagged for that. And, he's like, and everyone else is like, that was a good play. That was a clean play. Then in the championship, you know, in the Iron Bowl, at the end, after he gets the pick, it always, when it rains, it rains the it rains way monsoon. too hard. And it gets yeah. monsoony. And but, but then when he does it in the game, he interferes with the guy again. Like, he raps. It, it's, it's so, it's such a, it, it, it's such a cruise move. But, he closes the window and wraps the guy up before the ball gets there. Right. And then they throw the flag, and I was like, what? What? And it's like, yeah, that deserved a flag. So whatever the premise is. Tate, you haven't seen that one either. No, I have. Oh, all right, Tate. He got, he got there too early, didn't he, T? Do you know what movie I've, yeah. what cable movie I think I've rewatched the most times in the last 10 years? Fast, Furious, Accepted? Castaway. Mm. I don't know where you're staying on Castaway. I, I, my... My thing about Castaway, I'm right, I'm right with you. The thing about Castaway is it's really like three movies. It's yeah. like Fat Fat uh, Tom Hanks on the plane. It's like a rom-com for 25 minutes. It's it's small, medium and large Tom Hanks. <laughs> but 
there's no point in that movie, and I, I think you can say this oh. about all good movies. There's no point. No, no, there's no, oh. no, no, I don't mean no point. There's no juncture. Okay. In that movie where if you start it, you can't just keep moving forward. Right. Because I can catch him on the plane. I can catch him on the island. I think it's the most rewatchable movie of, the, yeah. of this century. The best thing you can say about a movie is you could come in nine minutes in or... 81 minutes in and you're just in until till the end i so, do i can't do the cave dentistry with the bauer hockey skate that's the only part where i have to pause and, and fast forward i, I can't I, self-dentistry so i've watched this watch movie it. god knows how many times and my son watched it with me like a month ago and we and it was like we jumped in halfway through and we just watched right. the last hour so at the end when he's driving around in the car the volleyball is in the in the passenger seat, which I never noticed. I've seen it a hundred times. My son's like, look, Dad, the volleyball. Right. So we had a new volleyball in a box. Right. What's going on there? Yeah. I think that's their small sign that Hank's lost his mind. Right. Also And it's it's gonna really go off the rails because why else would he have a volleyball? What's he gonna do? Like put he's gonna paint it and bring it around and talk to it? I never he's, even he's noticed in that civilization. either. civilization. There there I love the scene where he comes back and there's just big king crab legs everywhere for the buffet. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's a brilliant scene. I love that scene. And Well, let's talk about it. So does he is there any way that he survives A the plane crash? Yeah. The plane crashes in the water and it throws him back. Yeah, he's dead. I think everyone's dead right there. Somehow he doesn't die. Then he's then he gets caught underneath, pops out, right, lands in that raft. That raft's in the Pacific. Yeah, there's a monsoon. Right. Somehow never flips. Right. He passes out. Right. and wakes up on the island. Well, my favorite part of any movie, and at least he had a raft. I like movies where there's thirty foot waves. The ship's going. You know, listening yeah. to the left, the person falls off. There's thunder, lightning, storm, huge waves. And then they cut to uh, not a cloud in the sky. And the person's laying on the beach. And they're like, ugh. <laughs> oh, oh, what happened? Yeah, where like, am I? I don't know. In the history of maritime disaster, do you think there's anyone who went over on like a tuna boat yeah. when 30 foot seas and just woke up on the beach? Nah, I mean, he's obviously concussed. I like it when they wake up on the beach. Like, how did you get here? By the way, you're face down. This would never work. But uh, I, I bought everything in that movie. Here, here's what I did buy. So we find out later that he almost killed himself. He went up to the top of the mountain. He bought, right. he got a whole bunch of rope. He was going to hang himself. Oh, is that? I didn't even get that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he goes, he's like, I thought oh, he's going to go for He the, starts like, talking to Wilson and he I, says, oh, you know where there's 30 feet of rope. Ah, but we said we'd never go back up there. And he goes up. Oh, he pulls the rope. I and he was obviously, going for like vulture eggs or no, something. No, because when he pulls the rope up, there's like this piece of wood that they he obviously tried to simulate if he would have died. Right. All right. If you're going to kill yourself, yeah. how do you not open the last FedEx box first? Mm, yeah. He leaves the one box he doesn't open. Also, there should have been a masturbation scene as well. Cause <laughs> or at least like getting, going, re oh, getting ready to masturbate. If I'm alone on an island <laughs> and I got a picture of my honey bunny and yeah. I'm going to do myself in in 20 minutes. That's how he, well, they, they hinted know. that after he gets out when he can't sleep and he's lying on the floor. Right. And he looks over at the Helen Hunt picture and it's like, oh, no, no come on, stop spanking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Precious it's been 10 battery. Million times. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the thing that's always funny about all survival rescue island movies. Yeah. Is they always have that part 
in the middle of Act Two, after they've been on the island for two days, where the luxury liner goes by and they're going like, hey, I gotta start the single fire. And the other thing that's always funny for me is I'm always cheering, like, come on, turn around, turn <laughs> right. around. And He's right there. Right, but we're 37 minutes into a movie. Yeah. And I have to know on some level, there's no way the, yeah, the cruise ship turn around. turns around, but I'm still screaming, like, get those palm fronds lit. Right. Get them lit. It's weird emotionally, right? Like, I must know better by now. We all open all of those boxes right away. Oh, yeah. We're like, ah, I'm going to save that last one in case I get off down. I'm opening it. What if it has like an iPhone in there? <laughs> Fully charged. <laughs> Actually, you wouldn't have an iPhone in 2000, but would it, you know, some sort of something that yeah, could help Yeah, satellite him. phone. You Anything. Could, yeah. I, you never know. I, he found, I mean, he got ice skates in one of them. You never know. I agree. I used that for dentistry. Got the small shoes Do you off think you would be, be that good of a spearfisher after four years? No, I've like never... Like from 40 feet away, you're just plucking out marlins. No. Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we here talking We're talking about... No, we're the... going to talk about the fast movies. Yeah, the fast movies. Yeah. I had one more castaway thing Yeah, no, go ahead. You're married to Helen Hunt. Yeah. You marry her after this guy dies in the plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. The guy comes back. Yeah. She's so emotional about it. She can't even see him. Yeah. Your living room has all the maps from the crash, which she has somehow kept, even though they already found this guy. She's obviously obsessed about it enough that she's still trying to figure out right. where this guy is. Yeah. First night back, 1130 at night, he's outside your house. You don't wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I had this whole conversation. Yeah. He drives the car out of the garage. Yeah. She comes running after him. What's his name? Chuck. Chuck. Right. Pouring right. rain. Yeah. They make out in the driveway. He drives her back. She's soaking wet. You're it's, not up with a gun at this point. It's very complex. It makes me you think, think you just had too much to drink. Yeah. Remember there was that model. There was that like Victoria's Secret model that was with her boyfriend when the tsunami Oh my that God, that was horrible. Island and yeah. it took him out to yeah. like sea and she ended up being fine and he was never seen again. That to me is the ideal ex-boyfriend <laughs> to me because it, because really the other alternative is, well, she was banging David Spade. <laughs> right. And now he keeps like, you go to a cool restaurant, he comes walking in with some 23-year-old blonde and it's like, should he say something? Should yeah. I say something? And then later on, you got to work and do something with him. It's like, what do I say? This is weird. He texted her. Chuck's the, the, yeah, Chuck I feel, I feel bad for the guy, but I don't feel bad for the next boyfriend. You got a supermodel and your last boyfriend was just taken out to sea. Right. Like literally that was just God force majeure, God's will. Now I'm here. I, I that's just me. Her next boyfriend, that's a good deal because normally they're banging some producer or something and ultimately you're going to run into him or see a movie or w whatever it is. All right. So, um I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on that. Okay. Let's I, talk oh, about Helen Hunt. Yeah. Um uh -oh. I went to um okay. Dan Finnerty of the Dan Band yeah. is married to Kathy Najimy. Yeah. And the Dan Dan Finnerty was a big fan of mine, and I'm a big fan of the, the Dan Band. And and I think Kathy Najimy, like said, we're throwing this big Vegas 40th birthday party for Dan. Could you come? 
he'd be really excited if you were there and I'm inviting, you know, a handful of friends and, and I'm paying for the dinner and whatever. And I was like, okay. And I went there and I found myself just sitting next to Helen Hunt at this like 10 person table in the middle of the Bellagio or something. Did you ask her why she didn't go back with Chuck Nolan? <laughs> that would have been my first question. I was just sitting there going like, ah, what do I say to Helen Hunt? Like, oh man, I love... I love that Twister movie or whatever. I really did like Twister. I kind of like that movie. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it got its due. Yeah, and then it's solid. She like went to me and she said, uh, hey, I loved your movie. And I said, you love my movie? And she's like, yeah, I saw The Hammer. And I said, oh. how did you see The Hammer? And she went, I went to the theater. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I was just playing at the theater for like two days and we just went there and saw it. And we really enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, I love Helen Hunt, but I, this, I have no idea that the best ever... way to Corolla's heart is to praise, praise anything he's done praise. immediately. She went to the movie theater That's and great. saw that my stupid movie based on nothing. So uh, that was awesome. I told you my daughter, we watched the hammer. My wife was away. My daughter and I were hanging out. And the hammer was on. I was like, that's Adam's movie. She's like, Adam made a movie? Sonny Natalia's dad was in a movie? My kids, she was stunned. Watch the whole thing. My kids don't even know I made a movie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, it's it's solid. It held up. And then I was like, that lady's married to Hench. My friend Hench that I own right. the baseball team with. She's right. like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then you started kissing Hench's wife. Yeah. A lot of confusion. A lot of confusion. Yeah. All right. I, I also shared the confusion. Well, <laughs> this, this, this let's take a quick break. All right. Quick um, break. Yeah, let's talk about propercloth.com. Every guy knows that it's hard to find a dress shirt that fits. Maybe the collar is too tight. Maybe the sleeves are too long. Maybe the shirt's too loose. Guess what? I have some good news. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to proper cloth. Create a custom shirt size in seconds. Just answer 10 easy questions. No measuring required. Over 500 fabric styles to choose from. Everything from classic business to casual shirts. All high quality starting at $85. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google and Yelp. It is the highest-rated custom shirt maker on Google. Uh, go to their easy-to-use website, make a custom profile, even order from your phone. And again, the keywords, custom fit. They guarantee a perfect fit. Remakes are free. The proper cloth team makes it super easy to do. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Don't look like Vin Diesel. Wear shirts that fit. Vin Diesel's shirts are too tight. Look your best. Go to propercloth.com slash BS, enter gift code BS, and you get to save $20 on your first shirt. Oh, yeah. Again, propercloth.com slash BS, gift code BS. And since we're here, what's worse than having lousy sheets? Tate, do you have lousy sheets? Yeah. Tate's nodding, sadly. <laughs> I remember being in college and even a couple years after college trying to prolong the same set of sheets for weeks because I did not feel like doing laundry. I still have nightmares about it. There's nothing worse than sleeping on crappy sheets. Well, guess what? Great sleep starts with the right sheets. They're more affordable than you think. With Ball and Branch, they make the most comfortable sheets you'll ever sleep on, fall asleep faster, sleep deeper, wake up ready to kick some ass. Each sheet is crafted from 100% organic cotton. Feels incredible, looks amazing, and since Ball and Branch sells exclusively online, no expensive retail markup, half the price, Twice the quality. Anyone who loves on Ball and Branch sheets loves them, except Tate, who doesn't sleep on them, because they would—they're gonna have to send you some. All right, they'll look out for Tate. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews, raised in the New York Times and Forbes. Even three U.S. presidents have Ball and Branch sheets. Go to BallandBranch.com today. You will get fifty dollars off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping 
when you use the promo code BS. Try them for 30 nights. If you're not impressed, return them for a full refund. Once again, that is B-O-L-L and branch.com, ballandbranch.com, $50 off plus free shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code BS. And now, back to the one and only Adam Carolla. All right, let's do it. Fast seven, fast eight. We have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Fast seven, which we did not see together. Yes. And I don't remember why. I think you were away. You were up to something. We just never ended up seeing it together. Fast eight I saw in Boston. I wasn't here either. Fast seven, we didn't know what to expect with Paul Walker. Right. We knew he died. Yep. In real life. Yep. We didn't know if he was going to die in the movie. Nope. We didn't know how they would resolve it. No. We didn't know how they were going to do the CGI, Paul Walker face, all that stuff. Right. Fast 7 turned out to be a really good movie. And the ending is, I would dare say, the most emotional ending of any action movie that I've ever seen. I would agree with that. I can't Uh, think of another (laughs) one that that matches it. And I still get it even like the 20th time. I still get kind of choked up. Certainly not in the seventh installment. You know what I mean? Like maybe... You, you had an emotional moment at the end of Rocky 1, but by the time you right. got to Rocky 7... Or First not, Blood, not, like Rambo, like yeah. crying about... Right. All that stuff. Yeah, there's he, been moments, but not like this. Well, not in the, not in the seventh version of no. it, for, for sure, because they just jumped the shark by two and a half. You know? Did you ever imagine this would turn into the James Bond of this generation, where they could just keep releasing these basically forever? I got to say, I remember it very well. I was, I would always go to the LA auto show and you know, I'm a car guy and I would go there. And one of the things I like to do is I would like go there on preview night. So it wasn't that crowded, like press night or something. And while everyone else would be looking at the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis up in the, the top, like in the A pavilion, I'd go down into the basement and walk around where the guys sold like spinner rims yeah, yeah. and and the sham wow guy was there hawking uh, a chamois for your car that could dry, dry Denali and, 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 and not leave a streak. And I love all those weirdos down there. Yeah. And I came upon a bunch of like slam to the ground, pink Miatas with stupid stripes and stuff on it, like three or four cars. And they were just, you know, when you see those cars in person, they look pretty junky, you know? And because they do really fast paint jobs on them and slap stuff on them and stuff doesn't even work. And it was like the new movie, Fast and Furious, coming out in August, you know, or whatever it is. And these are three cars from the movie. And I remember just stopped and I just looked at the stupid pink Miata and the stupid Honda Civic, you know, and I was like, oh, this is lame. Like, yeah. I just said, this is going to be a little You didn't know first. your life was going to be changed. Oh, not only my life, my family. <laughs> I mean, they're miserable, but it's still a change. <laughs> it's you know, all there's about a negative change. It's family anyway. <laughs> but I was looking at these three like crappy, like literally like a Honda Civic, you yeah. know, front wheel drive with a 1.6 liter, nothing in it with a bunch of light, you know, with neon lights underneath it. Like all real car guys, we hate all that stuff because it's just a bunch of window dressing and weight right. and junk and everything else. And I was like, and and the name, you know, Fast and Furious, it just sounded stupid. And I was like, this is going to be super lame. And, and then, that was all I remember. I remember seeing it and being angry how how unabashedly they ripped off Point Break. 
Yeah. And it was just point break with cars and I and it made me mad, but I enjoyed the whole movie. Yes. And then I drove home 130 miles an hour and I'm like I didn't love that movie, but yet I'm still thinking about it. And then but but by the third one, by Tokyo Drift, yeah. I assumed it was over. I mean, I don't even think I saw Tokyo Drift in the theater and then I heard Vin Diesel had the little cameo at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I had Neil Moritz, the producer who produced all of them, and he said he convinced Diesel to do that little cameo at the end, but they didn't know if like the third one was going to be straight to video. I mean, the guy who's in the third one is not a great actor. Lucas Black, the Texas guy. I disagree. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but then it goes to four, which we saw in the theater, and it's like the band's back together, and it was just magic. Yeah. I- Five's the best. I still feel like five... The Brazil one, yeah, that's just the that best. ending and the safe. It's like that's peak Fast Furious. Doesn't it's get everything. Any, doesn't get any better in five. But seven was really good. And seven Se- starts out with seven uh, was good because you had a major obstacle to overcome, which is the star of the franchise passed away halfway, in halfway shoot, through filming it, yeah. halfway into filming this. And how a are you going to deal logistically with that? But then how are you going to deal with the story? Of where this guy is. And there's a little bit of a story break with Fast 7. Yes. that With Fast 7 slash Fast 8, which I'm going to... There's going to be a spoiler alert, but I don't care. Anyone who's listening to this has probably seen the Fast movie at this point. I, I can't If you even, haven't. If you haven't, come on. I don't want you. I, so don't, I don't care. So at the end of Fast 3, yes. or not in the end, in the, in the middle of Fast 3, Han dies. Right. Comes back... So we, it's almost like we're ahead of time in Tokyo Drift. There's like a whole time lapse thing. Yeah. And then when four, five, six happens, that's kind of earlier than Fast Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of Fast Six, Han dies, and it's Jason Statham. Now you sound like Lynette from this morning. She never. Oh no! Wait a minute. She has no idea what I'm talking about. She, so yeah, Jason Statham. Yeah. Jason Statham. Statham. Jason Statham was the guy who kills Han, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right in the middle of whatever Tokyo's Times Square is. Fast 7, he's the bad guy. He almost kills The Rock. Yeah. He tries to kill everybody, blows up people. Speaking of like the deserted hospital Oh, the deserted police office. I love the police station. It's just The Rock. He's the last one there. Yeah. It's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, he was... He was just putting cocoa butter on his arms. Everyone else had cleared out of the yeah. building and he was just chillaxing back in his office. Yeah. So Fast 8, it's like we need Jason Statham. We're going right. to let the basically the two bad guys from five from 6 and 7, we now have to team up with them. Mm-hmm. But Statham killed Han. Yeah. He tried to kill The Rock. He basically tried to kill everyone in the movie and they're like, "Let's let bygones be bygones." Right. Too big of a stretch for me. I, uh, he definitely 100% killed Han, who they all loved. And Vin Diesel's like, it's all about family. It's like, this guy killed most of your family. They invited him to the barbecue at the end of Fast 8. Uh, I know. Hey, Jason Statham, can you get me a hot dog? It's like you tried to kill everyone in the building. Yeah, you got to have a short memory in that game. Really and, short. Well, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time, Bill. <laughs> that's, so that's a pretty his short memory. a quarter mile at a time, <laughs> yeah. I think. The, 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 the part that's less believable for me is when they're constantly having their chicken ram fights where he all oh the, the the straight the straight on collision in I, fast I, seven is ludicrous i literally interviewed a guy 
<clears throat> for my Take a Knee podcast who invented the railing that goes around NASCAR. He, 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 he investigated Dale Earnhardt's death, why he died. He invented the, this kind of barrier that had this cush barrier. So if you hit it, it wasn't cement. It right. gave and blah, blah, blah. And, and he basically says, like, if two cars are going at each other at 35 miles an hour, that's 70 miles an hour combined. Just double. And it. you die. Yeah. And that's how it works. And so they're, Fast 7, they're it's like, like 70 versus 70. Oh, man. They're going like 110 and 110. At, I mean, their combined speed is like 240 miles an hour. And they're like peeling out and they're going right at each other. And they both just hit each other with this. You take a look at what killed Dale Earnhardt. It didn't look like anything compared to this. I don't think Vin was wearing a seatbelt. Vin did a move where he He's turned like, his neck like he cracked <laughs> his neck. It's like, oh. first off, his head wouldn't be attached to him. Yeah. But then it gets better. He walks out. He looks at the uh, Aston Martin Vanquish or DB9 or whatever whatever he's driving, Statham's driving, and he goes, uh, reinforced front clip. It's yeah. like, well, yeah. so, so what Statham did is he bought a bone stock Aston Martin Vanquish yeah. and then completely reinforced the front end on the off chance that he'd be ramming somebody <laughs> at, at some point. But he'd, that'd be tens of thousands of dollars sunk into a car and yeah. tons of weight. And then, and then he accuses him of, of not fighting fair. He's like, that's like putting a, I say, I say, he says like, that's like using weighted gloves or putting a horseshoe in your gloves in a boxing match. And then he has to explain to them, this isn't Marquis of Queensbury. But right. the point is that there's a lot of discussion about reinforcing the front of that car. I just feel like that's something. And, and at the end of Fast 8, Vince flipping him a cheeseburger. Right. How do you like right. this, Jason? Is it medium rare? I like it when they're... they're, they're in 7, they were both equally... You know, the, the whole thing about... The whole thing about the Fast series, I've realized, is... They can both, both the antagonists and the protagonists are equally angry at each other. Mm. Like if you'd watch a Tyson fight from the, from the nineties, Tyson was pissed, but the guy who was fighting was kind of scared normally. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually how it worked. They weren't equally like as pissed at each other. And you see it like UFC and sporting events and stuff like that. Like one guy's really pissed. The other guy you can tell is a little bit scared. It was like Amanda scared. Nunez against Rousey. Right, Nunez right. was madder and really R wanted to Rousey play. looked a little bit scared. Yeah. Right. The thing about like Statham and Vin Diesel or The Rock and Statham or Vin, they're equally outraged at each other yeah. all the time. And they're like both going to kill each other to the point where they're both just in a car and that they're high performance cars and they're just going to throw it low, peel out and ram each other with the same velocity. All right, so when this happens a lot in the fast movies, the two cars next to each other and they're ramming into each other. Yeah. If you do that, like when I watch NASCAR, and these are the best drivers on the earth, and a lot of the a lot of the accidents happen because somebody like gently nudges the back of somebody's car and sends them in this tailspin. Yes. And yet in the fast movies, they're going 90, 100 miles an hour ramming into each other and keeping the car straight. Is that conceivable? I can tell you that as a five-time participant in the Toyota Celebrity Grand Prix, you can ram a lot of cars, and, and everyone does, and have. Some races have been cleaner than others. Some have been just all-out carnage. But 
if you go around the hairpin at the very beginning of the shoreline drive, and they even do it with Indy cars and regular cars at race there, and you go around it and somebody just bumps you in the back, you'll you'll spin around. If you're turning in any way, you, you got to be turning and they got to bump you. If you're you. straight ahead, if you're straight ahead, okay. you can pretty much rub paint. You'll be fine. Just like in NASCAR. It's just yeah. it's when they tap them, riders are going into the turn and they, they spin them. All right. So fast seven, that's a movie that has a bunch of planes landing on a mountain with parachutes. Yeah. Perfectly. Oh on, yeah. The cars on the, land on the mountain, on but yeah. also has the cars jumping through the two buildings in Dubai or Qatar or wherever that is. Yeah. The yeah. double the double Vin Diesel, oh, the brakes are gone. Right. Goes through the second one. Which one was more improbable for you? Um, well, I'd say the building to building one, I always feel like the passenger is a little too calm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. God rest his soul. Paul Walker, like when Vin's like, we're going to the next building. Paul's like, let's do it. You know, it's not like, what? Like, you got to think, you got to put yourself in Paul's position. Yeah. You're sitting in a car. You got a guy lives his, controlling it. He lives his life a quarter mile at a time. That's on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now he's in the he air. Doesn't do, he doesn't do nautical miles in the air. He does quarter miles on the ground. Do you think the car would sink immediately? You mean when it, when it flew? He's flying through from one building to the other. Wouldn't it just gravity immediately it falls? It's oh, like a. If you got enough inertia, I'll buy that you can travel, like jump on a motorcycle or jump on a snowmobile or the, like X Games thing. Like you can cover a lot of ground. Because the bus and speed was always the most improbable. And the bus and speed actually went up. Well, the bus and speed is a little improbable because the takeoff and the landing ramp were at the same elevation. Yeah. So. And no angle, just right. the same elevation. And somehow so, it went up. Somehow it went up, yeah. So you think that was more improbable than parachuting from a plane, the car dropping, them going, wait, wait, no, and the parachute goes up and they just land it right on the right on the road. Uh, the, 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 the most improbable part of the whole, let's jump out of the C-17 in our modified Dodge Challenger was the direction they were facing. It's like they all loaded the cars in forward and go up and then try to flip it upside down. They should have backed all the cars in, so yeah. when the when the tailgate dropped on the C one thirty, they could just drive out right. forward, not go out backwards. I don't know why that always bothered me. If I'm ever going out of a C one thirty, I like that. That's what bothered you. And the other thing that bothered me too is <laughs> he had his modified Dodge Charger. I think he had a Dodge Charger. Vin Diesel always drives the the Hemi Charger. He's the Mopar guy. And he had the thing all lifted up with the all-terrain tires. He had two spare tires on there. Not mm. sure what he would have done with the spare tires. Hey, you like, never know. I just don't feel like there would have been time on the side of the road to get the scissor jack out and pull the lug, you right. know, the lug wrench out. I feel like the game's over by the time you change that tire. It's just extra weight. All right, here's my next question. Fat, the fat, my next fast kind of big picture question. Vin Diesel in Fast One, he's like a street racer, mm -hmm. right? He's just in, in downtown LA somewhere, like this modest house in, in the heart of the city. Yes. And he races. Is it fair to say he probably hasn't gotten out of LA much yes. at that point? Well, maybe so they by, would go to Nevada or something for road I'm rage say or he's whatever West that, Coast only. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't, whatever they got out to race wars or wherever that was in the desert, but yeah. I don't know. Unclear if that was even in Nevada. So we get to four. Mm-hmm. Still seems U.S. bound. Right. Get to five. He's now in Brazil. Yeah. His connection's in Brazil somehow. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. By the time we get to seven, Paul Walker, like the whole thing, it's like they they blow up. Somebody blows up Paul Walker's house. Yeah. So the, it's like we got to find you somewhere safe. We'll call my friend in the DR. Yeah, he was the DR. So now he's in DR, and these guys knows all these people in DR. He, by the time we get to eight, he's in Cuba. He went. He's, he's on the down low in Cuba, just living there. How does how does Dom Toretto yeah, know all these from, people in all these countries? He went from like low level street punk to a, LA, LA to to the world's greatest traveler. Maybe with connections parts of everywhere. Orange County. Yeah, two and maybe maybe venture to Ventura County. Two. Basically, Richard Branson meets the Dosecki's guy. <laughs> right. In terms of his international reach. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like uh, I know where we'll be safe in the DR. Yeah. Let's take a, we'll go down there. My friend owns a mansion. It's like, how do you have friends? You're like a street racer in East LA. Yeah, I don't know. I think he, I think it's, it's, a mystery. it's called personal growth, Bill. You should look into it. <laughs> oh. So Vin Diesel cares about family, loves family. Yeah. He's all about family. That's his thing. He finds out he has this bastard son he didn't even know about. Yeah. In Fast 8. Yeah. With this woman he has broken up with. Yeah. Immediately turns on everyone in his family, his quote unquote family, nothing more than family, la salud mi familia, does all these toasts. Mm. They're done. Now he's now he's on the other side committing... Hundreds of millions of dollars of crimes. Yeah, New York City cars flying out the garage. Like, oh, just, I mean, I can't even Bill, calculate the damage. Hold on a second, because now. his son is in danger. I can't say too much because of the pending lawsuit, but I did lay down a little premise of a movie called Navigating a few years ago. <laughs> you did? Oh well, you should take it up with your friend Chris Morgan. I, the I will give Marine him an earful because on my radio show in like 2006. They had this whole thing where it's like, oh, the car parallel parks itself. Remember yeah. that? Like they show commercials, like you hit a button and the car just backs in and turns or whatever. Right. In Navigating, Bruce Willis plays a JPL scientist, but he's old school. You show the beginning of him pulling up in his vintage Bronco. Yeah. Right. And he's putting like, he's putting water in it because it's overheating. And all the other guys are pulling up in their Priuses and stuff and making fun of them. Like, hey, why don't you join us in the 21st century? He's like, ah. but when the satellite goes rogue yeah. and is hacked into by the, the Russian hackers, well, the scene is that the, the mother and the daughter just driving their, their Prius and all of a sudden the doors lock. And like, what happened? And all of a sudden they, they can't control the wheel. He drives them all into the Grand Canyon oh. in Navigating. But Bruce can't be affected because he's still driving the 71 Bronco. Smart. Navigating, man. So they ripped it off. Ah, yeah. ah, because of the lawsuit, I can't really say. <laughs> my, I can't talk anymore about it. I'm really not even supposed to bring it up. So all right, that's my all next, I here's say. my next fast question. Yeah. This one's going to hurt. This is going to hurt your feelings. All right. So Dom is with the Brazilian cop in oh, Fast oh, Five. Oh, can I say this just real yeah. quick? Like, if my wife, like if Lynette's listening. Um, if she's, we not, do, she's not listening. All right. But, but if, or if anyone knows her, can tell her. If we're ever in that situation, we're on our like cabana in Can Cancun or something, or we're in Cuba or wherever port of call dom lands in yeah and we just make sweet love under the mosquito net you know with the ceiling fan that's turning slow yeah. enough to not really do anything Nothing like that mosquito net love and at a certain point 
I just go out into the balcony where the curtains, the, 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 the gauzy curtains are flowing and yeah. I look really good with my shirt off and I'm just standing there to give him like a 10,000 yard stare and I'm like just looking, drinking a Corona where I hold it so far up the neck that half my hand <laughs> is actually off the bottle and actually drinking through my hand. All right, if, if that ever happens, don't do what you normally do, which is just watch TV inside for an unlimited amount of time. Yeah. I need you to come out Put your hand on my shoulder and, and ask what I'm thinking. Okay. Because that never happens to me. That's true. <laughs> I stand out of the balcony for days. Lynette just shuts the door and watches my Real Housewives. Never asked me what I'm my yeah. wife never asked me what yeah. I'm thinking. I want, I she tells to me to know. shut up all the time. But I feel like every time Dom steps out on a balcony, he's there for like 14 seconds su- sucking off that Corona before some hot chick comes yeah. up and goes, What's going on? I can tell you're thinking so about something. So when I had something. Neil Moritz on, the producer, Neil mm-hmm. Moritz, um, I asked him why Vin Diesel drank beer that way. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have an answer. <laughs> you can't teach that. In There's this class. great moment we wrote about on the Ringer on Billions. Mm-hmm. They ordered pizza, and it was Damien Brody, the English guy who plays Axe, mm-hmm. and Malin Ackerman, the Swedish actress who plays his wife on the show. Right. And they're eating pizza, and they're eating it like you know, like they're like they'd never held a piece of pizza before yeah, yeah it's my I, non-smoker who has to yeah, smoke in a mover, movie doesn't so, hold a cigarette right and vin vin has obviously only had coronas when he's filmed these movies <laughs> it's the only time he's ever drank a beer and nobody and now he's such a big star nobody has the balls to go up and say then like maybe hold, hold it lower he needs, hold it like two inches lower and don't tilt it the whole way you know what he needs he needs a koozie I feel like this could koozie be solved with him. a koozie. Yeah. Like we'd go, hey, all the cool kids are like, you know how there's that old picture of the rock and he's wearing the fanny pack? Yeah. This'll be your fanny pack. It's the Vin koozie. And one of his Latin American friends should tell him when he's traveling. Yeah, it's like it's all rich, the rage. The rich it's branson. all the rage. All right, so here's use the koozie. So this yeah. is gonna hurt your feelings. Mm. Fast five ends, he's with the Brazilian cop. Yeah. Fast six. She's incredibly understanding, by the way. Like, well, so I, no, I'm, we're gonna get like to that. if Lynette's listening. If I discover <laughs> Lynette's love, not listening. well, okay, but someone tell her. Like, if I if a love comes back into my life, I'm gonna need you to understand that that's what I'm thinking about on the balcony. Right. You know okay. I mean? We got so <laughs> fast five. He's with the Brazilian cop at the end. Right. Fast six. Letty's alive. Right. Right. Finds Letty. The Brazilian cop at the end says, "You follow your heart. Follow your heart. I'm not basically like yeah. I'm not going to stand in your way. That's you love her the most. Lynette. That's what I'm saying. Like I got to follow my heart. Fast seven, right? Fast forward. Paul Walker's got a house. The gang's all spread out. Right. Stuff starts blowing up. We got to get the band back together. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, how how many months do you think goes by between? Let's say the end of Fast Five all the way through Fast Seven. I'm going to say like two, three years. Here's why I know. Yeah. Paul Walker's kid, when the house blows up, he's taking the kids to school, right? Right. It's been at least three years because initially they had the baby in Fast Five. Right. But then by the by the start of Fast Seven, that kid's in like pre-K or first grade, kindergarten. So, hey, so it's been a few years. Can I jump in for a second? Yeah. I've dropped my kids off at school dozens of times. I was never greeted by a MILF. Like the one who greets Paul Walker yeah, when he drives, she's smoking it's pipe, and I get the chick with the yeah, like thyroid problem, <laughs> Becky Ann. Who, we we get it. She volunteers. She's pretty lonely. <laughs> you know, there's not much to go home to. 
Yeah, All right, so can yeah. we say can we say it's, it's been way too hot to be volunteering? Been three three and a half years. Yeah, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. fast eight. Mm-hmm. Turns out the Brazilian cop, whatever his yeah. old flame, had a kid. Yeah, it's a baby. It's yeah. about eight months old. Mm. Yeah. Math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't add up. And she, her- if they were like, they hadn't dated for four years. How's the kid eight months old? So did either did they screw up the math mm-hmm. or did Vin go back and get a little extra? Well, w- once you do the sort of Han time continuum where you're able to hop back and forth, with, you know, <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> you can do it with offspring as okay. well. The bigger question is what's up with her hair? Like, she's a hot chick, and then she cut it short and did some weird peroxide Well, because they had dye. to, because she was better looking than Letty. They had to, they had to start messing with, uh, with her hair. I hope I get I it, thought you'd be more upset about this time continuity thing. I'm more upset about her hair. I think Vin went back and, <laughs> and, and stepped in. He should have gone back and fixed her hair. I th- Letty's, got, <laughs> Letty's got to be like... Ooh, uh, wait a second what happened this baby's only eight months old we've been dating for three years i thought we were exclusive but he would have no. just gone out in the balcony <laughs> and thought about it <laughs> back. Hold on, I'm i mean a like how many hours collectively with you and i on a balcony? if you and i just went out on a balcony before my wife said I, anything? I feel I would just die of exposure before my <laughs> wife came out, put her hand on my shoulder, and wanted to give me a penny for my thoughts. I, I'd just die of exposure. I'd be eaten by crows. So, Like, what happened to your father? He went to the balcony to think about an old girlfriend, <laughs> and that's the last time we saw him. <laughs> so Fast 7 ends, the last 30 minutes, the LA shootout, which I thought was pretty weak. Uh, oh, sorry, Fast 7. Fast 7, LA, before the Paul Walker, farewell to Paul Walker with, scene. With, with with God's The eye. Rock rips his arm off, goes <laughs> Just once in my life, this I'd like to have a cast removed by flexing. <laughs> yeah. Just literally just flexing a tricep and having the cast It wasn't that hard, though, because he, there's so much body butter from the last six weeks that it melted the cast. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's taken off. I liked it when he started calling everyone woman. <laughs> That's another one, yeah. What you got, woman? There should have been like a Mr. cameo. T. There should have been a cameo by uh, Caitlyn Jenner just so he could go, woman. I don't got time for this stuff. It would be awesome. So fast eight. Yes. Uh, everything's okay. Dom then has to go. Dom's in Cuba, but now has to go rogue to save his bastard baby, who should be four years oh, old. Hey, can I say months. this too? Yeah. In every movie, not just Fast, and it was in Fast uh, Seven. Hmm. And it was fast because at the end, when like Paul Walker and it, and it it goes all the way back to Karate Kid. Yeah, it goes back to every one of those like uh, movies, every 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 kickboxing movie and every karate movie and everything. At some point, like Walker squared off with the dude inside the bus when it yeah. was on the highway. Great scene. They always start this. They did it with the Karate Kid. They do it with all this. They start the move where the guy we're rooting for who really is kind of a street fighter and doesn't have any serious training, like not spent a lot of time on the mat in the dojo. The guy does a move, and then the guy does a backflip, and then a spinning crescent kick and like kicks out the light bulb, and then pulls out nunchucks and does a... And you go, well, this guy's like a seventh-degree black belt who's been doing this his entire life. He's probably been competing and doing this. And then our guy just comes in and kicks his ass, like Ralph Macchio or the guy. They'll do the move where you knock the guy down and he gets up by going into a full back bridge and it springs back up to his feet. 
And our guy's wearing jeans and boots. Yeah. Like, how does he actually? Like, maybe that guy shouldn't be that highly skilled. And how would Vin Diesel develop all of these judo skills? I, you he's know, he's a I, street racer at East LA, but on the side, he's like sneaking over. I to, think if they did a little bit of storyline where that guy did all the crazy stuff, and he then went, but I have drank four beers. <laughs> I would then go, okay, now this is a little... I can believe this now. I can believe this now. But the guy sobers the days long. He's a Chinese acrobat, and he's a human weapon. Why does our guy get to kick his ass every time? So Fast 7, the ending of Fast 7 is incredible. I loved it. I loved it. Could you have ended... We couldn't have ended the series there, but we could have. We could have, and I don't think any of us could ever complain about just seven movies or, or any of that. Just walking off in the sunset, right. literally. Yeah. We go back to Song. Fast 8. Mm-hmm. Dom's now bad. We are under the premise that Brian is still alive. Yeah. Dom's gone off the rails. He's causing hundreds and millions of dollars of damage. Right. Nobody in the group says we should call Brian except for one person, and they're quickly poo-pooed. Right. Brian, Brian, who has... You know, has worked with Dom, against Dom, the yeah. emotional, spiritual leader of the group. Well, and, it, and it's just poo pooed. It was it, it, it was this kind of thing. They did it in um, uh, they did it in the specialist. Yeah. With Stallone. Hmm. They, they they have to address something, but they can't spend any real time on it. Address it. It's it's the answer's ridiculous. Right. But at like, least we could say we addressed it in the specialist. They had to go uh, th- to Sharon Stone. This guy raped your mom and killed your dad. Why not just hire a guy, an assassin? Why not just shoot him? Too, too imprecise. Like, yeah, still. Too messy. <laughs> too, uh, oh, so you hire a guy that's going to put C4 in every mailbox and just blow up all of my ass? Like, so somebody said, why not just get a guy to shoot him? And she's like, too many innocent people could get hurt. Mm. I'm going to hire a guy who's going to blow up the cabana the guy's living in. So... They had to address it, but the answer wasn't very good. Okay. That's what it was. Were you happy with Fast 8? Uh, I, I thought it was the weakest one since... Uh, I thought it was the weakest of the last five. I still enjoyed the hell out of it, but... I Yes. I realized, for me, it's become like McDonald's, like a Big Mac. Like a Big Mac isn't even a good hamburger. It's just a Big Mac. And like when you're in the mood for a Big Mac, it's awesome. Yeah. But it's not like you go, oh, this is a fantastic hamburger. You just go, it's a Big Mac. I think Fast Five was a $27 gourmet hamburger. Yeah, I, I agree. But the thing is, you can't go wrong with the whole franchise with me because it just is what it is now. It's like I become a couple what issues. it is. Yeah. So it, it, I wish they really should have consulted. They should consult with us when they make these. Well, here's what we were missing because you had it. You nailed it with the Cuba, the balcony. They did that. We never had the scene. I I need Vin talking about family or like that that scene we love from, I think it was Fast Five, where just inexplicably Vin and Paul Walker are hanging out. And he's like, Tell me about your father. Yeah. And Vin's like, My father, my father used to, and he goes, This whole ridiculous monologue about his dad. Right. My dad used to go out there and, and, it didn't have those moments. I didn't feel like it was. It was like a formula movie. Yeah, I was missing a couple of the human elements. Well, there is this thing where maybe 
it becomes so big it like can't support its own weight like it needs yeah. so much it needs to be done on they literally have a- to go to ice they yeah have to, they have to do nuclear bomb on ice and ice riding and ice driving and missiles i like the part where the soviet sub from the 80s was catching up to the lamborghini <laughs> like i just don't feel like you can go through ice that quick. Yeah, you probably no go way. about two knots no, an hour or something something like that but it's like that sub's catching us hit it you know I were you that. happy with Charlize they run yeah, Theron? I like. Uh, let's see, what was her name? Sither, Cipher, Cipher. I like Cipher. Not since Angelina Jolie and Gone in sixty seconds, seconds oh, yeah. being called Sway. Yeah, has there been a hot chick with a cooler name? Yeah, she was Sway. Cipher. Yeah, uh, I, was, I, I didn't. I didn't like that she just cruelly shot uh, the cop in the head. Dom's baby mama. Yeah, she gunned her down. Yeah. Shot her. Yeah. <laughs> Took her. I yeah. mean, it was like one way to resolve the Letty versus the old girlfriend plot, but it was pretty brutal. Letty was crying no tears over it. They they got a thing going with airplanes in the Fast series, which is in in six, they had the uh, the unlimited runway. Yeah. Like that, that never plane. Ended. 28 miles. That plane was just never took off and no. never ran out of runway. No. Number, number one. This one. I kept wanting, waiting for them to refuel. Like I just feel like you got to you got to refuel in the air or something. Like we got to know that her plane never landed and never refueled. Just weeks would go by. This thing was flying. You want to talk about range? I mean, this thing. Like the thing about planes is like they got to they got to refuel every ten hours or so. That's Mm. uh, that's kind of go. That for me. Also, uh, when uh, they got his car in the middle of the square. And they got the grappling hooks all hooked into the door, and they were doing the doing the crazy pull thing on it, and they're pulling yeah. it all apart. They're doing that thing where they're like, "That car's got a thousand horsepower, two thousand horsepower, three thousand horsepower." And I just I'm just here to tell you, no, there's it no three thousand no, horsepower car. No, no, no. There's no two thousand. It's really no, the answer. But I brought you know what for the first time. I brought the Lynette and I brought the kids and we went to a movie theater. I brought I brought my two kids. They and I was it. like, I was waiting for that balcony scene because I want to say to Lynette, hey, hey, okay, huh? How about yeah. a little something when I head out to the porch? Right. But it never came. Mm. Yeah. But they loved it. They Yeah, my kids loved it too. And I was like, well, good for you because they had not seen any of the other movies prior to this one which which is it's good. too bad they're never on it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's a standalone at least at least it works can that i pitch way. you fast nine yeah and then we'll wrap it up fast nine i'm 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 playing off the success of dom from becoming just this guy in east la who's a street racer to now this richard branson of street racing mm-hmm and also the fact that no, whatever he does seems to have no repercussions and he never has to serve any time in jail and right. none of that stuff. It's like, you caused a billion point two dollars worth of damage. Yeah, but I had to get my son back. Oh, we, okay, cool. That's fine. So right. they, so he's there's no repercussions. In nine, Dom is now, he's famous. He's, right. a, he's a famous guy. He's now a celebrity. Right. He's his. His street racing slash whatever world he's in, he's out. He's He's now open about it. Yeah. And has a reality show. Yeah, it's like Jesse James. Remember yeah. when he, you know, one minute Netflix he's just gave him a big offer. He's just like sitting around welding in some shop. Next thing you know, he's married to Sandra Bullock. He's got his, you know, right. selling more 
t-shirts than the Dodgers. So Netflix goes to him and says, we, we want to do like an Anthony Bourdain type of travel show with cars and hi, you'll be on the road. And we, we, here's a great check. Vin's in. Right. He goes to that thing that you went to, the thing that you go to, the celebrity the celebrity, uh, the Toyota celebrity. Yeah. What's the best celebrity car racing one? Uh, well the Toyota celebrity grand prix from long beach is canceled now, but they did it for 40 years. All right, well, in the movie, it's Pebble back. beach and go to the Pebble beach. Laguna it's back. Yeah. So Vin's a celebrity now. One of his celebrity friends. I don't know who the cameo is. Maybe it's Adam Carolla since you know the guy. Let's and go Doug, like, Benson. Doug, <laughs> Doug Benson. Doug Benson. Doug Benson. Doug He's like, Vin, you should do this, take down the celebrity thing. He's like, uh, I, don't, I don't race celebrities. It's too easy. He's like, right. I just do it, just banging out. So he goes, and what he doesn't know is that terrorists are going to take over mm -hmm. the celebrity thing. And now right. it's Vin and a bunch of B-list celebrities, mm -hmm. and they're stuck there. The team has to come for right. last night. Yeah, I'm in. You're in. Well, you're, you'd literally be in because I think you'd be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have you dying at the one hour and 15 minute mark. What's that? You in the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd make a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love what it. What would be your dream scenario for Fast Nine? <clears throat> you know, I. Because it feels like Statham's now part of the gang. Well, I, I, I guess you, you have to take Charlize Theron and, and oh, 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 okay. All right. I just thought of this. Okay, good. I figured you'd come up because with it. Because we have a time. I've never given it any thought at all because I just wait and want to be surprised. But because we have our sort of time continuum thing and, you know, babies being born out of wedlock and dates not lining up. Um, we have Charlize Theron returns, but she returns as her character from Road Warrior. <laughs> okay. She's missing Mad an Max. arm. Yeah. Mad Max. She's, yeah. She's, her head is shaved. We don't really explain it. She's just that. Hmm. Now, who knows when that movie took place? We don't know if that was the present, the future, the past, or whatever it is. But she shows up not only Different on the side day. of good, but as the character from that movie. Okay. I would watch. Would you the combine shit out John Wick and Fast and Furious? Yes, yes. Keanu shows up. I think I enjoyed John Wick too more than Fast and Furious. Wow. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I, kinda, I thought John Wick 2 was one of the best five action movies I've ever seen in my life. I only saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. Oh, my God. I got to see it. I didn't, oh I didn't want to devastate I want to watch that one with you. All right, so Wick shows up and she shows up from uh, Mad Max. That sounds great. Yeah. Did you see the Anthony Joshua heavyweight match? Yes. I think we're done with the Klitschko's finally. I think we I might think be. I think our long national nightmare is over. But ironically, Vladimir, Vladimir, Vladimir finally had a good fight. That yeah. was an awesome fight. That was, was the awesome best heavyweight fight. fight in at least 10 years. And yeah, it was none of the drape and hug and everything. It was Joshua throwing wicked uppercuts in the 11th round and following it up with combinations. It seemed he like he was like going to die in, the, in there. Yeah, in the sixth, it just seemed like he ran out of gas. And then somehow he was able to sound, I bet, on him. You took Joshua? We took Joshua with Canelo. We parlayed them. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, oh, we got to, yeah, we got to figure out Canella. Yeah, that, that I, I thought it was great. I, I mean, he's such a, he's literally super heavy. I mean, the the thing is, is Klitschko, these aren't even heavyweights anymore. Klitschko's running into guys that are bigger than him for it's the impossible. first time yeah. ever, and he's never run into guys that were bigger than him. It's like this guy's six nine, three hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. No, and they're 
and, and, and he has skills. Normally, guys that are 6'6 don't have skills. Joshua has skills. It was the most even match we've had since Rock versus Vin Diesel in Fast Five, which is, to, to this day, the most evenly matched fight we've ever had in a movie. I, I, I love it. I don't even know who won. Adam Carolla, uh, any of the six podcasts you want to plug? Uh, you can just go to adamcarolla.com. We do podcasts all the time over there. I'm coming and, on. Uh, which one am I coming on? Take a Knee, which I'm we've had everyone from Norman Lear to guys that invented guardrails and things like that. It's our inspirational podcast. So you check that one out. Okay. All right. And your show's on Spike? 11 o'clock, uh, Spike, Adam Carolla and Friends uh, Build Stuff Live. And uh, it's a fun show. Check it out. And uh, you can see uh, I got a Newman documentary. I got I got uh, Winning the Racing Life of Paul Newman. I also have a movie on the 20, called 24-Hour War, which is Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans, the 60s epic battle. So if you're into that, check it out. Okay. Adam yeah. Carolla, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Adam Carolla. Don't forget to subscribe to our new podcast, Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. You can subscribe to that right now before it launches on Thursday, May 11th. And don't forget to subscribe to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. No relation to the 1984 terrible movie with Phil Collins. Oh, no, he did the theme for it. Jeff Bridges, James Woods, Rachel Ward. No, no relation to that at all. But you can get some gambling tips. Welcome aboard, Larry Wilmore. Uh, Glad you're here, Cousin Sal. And we'll be back later in the week on the BS Podcast. There's like a slim outside chance I might show up on the Ringer NBA show on Thursday if the Celtics, if something crazy happens in that game. If not, we'll be back on Friday morning on the BS Podcast. As always, thanks for listening.